The Chattanooga Drive-In Show is presented by Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard, the highest quality tires for all makes and models of vehicles, and the best service in town. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, a brave, beautiful, inevitable concept where real professionals decided to do a real talk show, morning talk show, with more generally over the course of time given tradition have been on a terrestrial radio station but terrestrial radio stations nowadays are all owned by super big mega conglomerate corporations that don't give a damn about their cities the places that they've been licensed anywhere where they have franchise studios and syndication so they don't care they don't care and they do a crappy terrible horrible job (laughs) in giving you the news that you can use and do it in an entertaining and informative and fast-paced manner. And so, yeah. They all suck, except, they for the, except for the one that I might reach out and see if we can get a show syndicated I have on. no idea who that might be. <laughs> That's all in your head. Uh, Four-hour radio show, not doing you a whole lot of good. This hour and 15 minutes do you much more good. And we'll also say the same thing about most morning TV shows. Even though there's certain personalities we do like, uh, and there's occasionally they'll stumble across an acorn, but for the most part, they just give you the same old gobbledygook. It's pay to play, and it sucks. So that's why the Channel Good Driving Show exists. My name is Jeff Stiles. Did talk radio starting in 1992. It's pretty amazing. Um, Jen Lambert is here. Russell Stroud is here. Brian Stone is here. All radio and broadcast veterans. So we know what we're doing, and we try to do it right. I can always debate, and is debated every single day as to whether we do it right or not, including by (laughs) us. Um, This is what we call the introduction section, so now you know all that, and uh, we're here Monday through Friday, almost always Monday through Friday, starting at 5 a.m. You can download it and listen to it at your pleasure on any of the podcast platforms that are out there, including our own website, of course, ChattanoogaDriveInShow.com, which is probably the easiest to remember. All right. Uh, we will not be here on Memorial Day Monday or the following day Tuesday. You can blame that one on me because I'm taking some time off. It's going to be a crazy weekend. And uh, we are going to replace it with uh, an older podcast that I did for a couple of years. Haven't done it in almost a year now. Rockyology, a music podcast. Yeah, a new version. Yeah, a new version. Uh, Rockyology and Storyville did that for a long time. And uh, if you like it, if you tune in on Monday and you decide, hey, this is uh, some groovy music to have in the background for our pool party or barbecue, whatever. Dang, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, go back and, and listen to the rest of them because there's a ton of them. There and there'll like also three be seasons. one on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm doing that one. And these guys, uh, Russell and Jen, are going to do the one on Tuesday. So you got some, like I said, soundtrack for your Memorial Day weekend <laughs> in the start of the summer. Okay. Um, thank you to Quality Tire. Quality Tire Pros over on Cherokee for doing such a wonderful job fixing your car, oil change, tires rotated, complete engine replacement, whatever it takes, they can get it done. And uh, fixed my AC a couple of weeks ago. And so far, so good. The co- the weather's been cool and I haven't had to use it, but I know it works. And so therefore, <laughs> uh, 
uh, for all you <laughs> folks who don't have it. You're going to want to call ahead uh, if you're going in for just an oil change, I discovered, because they are very busy helping lots I, and lots of customers. I should have actually given you a heads up on that. Yeah. I, I thought maybe you had actually done that. but No, I was too dumb for that. No, no, no. They, they're, they're jammed. They're, yeah, they're jammed, jammed and slammed as, as a general rule, but they will get you in it. It is a nice place to hang oh, out, he, actually. The, the guy I talked to bent over backwards to try to get a slot for me, and there were several slots available. I just figured, eh, yeah. I'll do it myself. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I would never say that personally. Um, <laughs> no, I would neither. The uh, couple of things, real fast, before we get going here. Uh, That's how I lost this finger. Our our buddies here inside the building, the ones that actually own this building and 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 possess the space where the studio is, the CFC Chattanooga Football Club has a big game Saturday down at Finley Stadium against Bay City's FC Football Club. I don't know if is that Bay City's. Is that San Francisco or something? I don't know. I don't know if that's San Francisco or, or something on the Gulf. Sounds I'm not like really San sure. Francisco. Uh, but they're pumped about it. And uh, thanks to all the folks who went out to uh, our, our buddies at Chattanooga Safety Products Redwood and picked City. up the tickets uh, um, to, to see them play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's still a few more uh, tickets to go out there and claim. Are you sure? I am. Uh, I wasn't sure. So Bay City's FC is in Redwood City, which is where Arthur the Aardvark is from. Is that oh. California? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I didn't know. Louisiana's got bays. Yeah, Maine's no, got bays. Yeah, it could be Texas for all we know. Uh, Churchill Downs has bays. You know, <laughs> some I'll, I'll I'll bet on the bobtail nag. Somebody bet on the bay. The Cuban uh, Bay of Pigs Football Club. <laughs> uh, the Jeff Peanut Butter Recall has become a big sticky peanut butter snowball, a peanut butter ball rolling downhill. Now you got little snack trays and, and little snack cups and everything being recalled. From vending machines far and wide and school lunches far and wide. You know, the thing that comes with celery. You used yes. to get celery and peanut butter. And we always Gross. hated that at, at school for lunch. <laughs> We'd lick the peanut butter out and throw the celery, celery away. I did the opposite. I'm sure when they come in prepackaged, you know, little, uh, you know, servings, they do the exact same thing. No kid's going to eat celery on purpose. You have no. to hide it. I love I celery. Loved it. And, 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 I love celery. And Russell talk about this on what Twitter. What is your problem? It's it's crispy, it's crunchy water. water. It's, a, it's, it's watermelon with it a snap. It has almost no flavor. It's really exactly. good. Celer I used to really if you put hate enough celery. salt on it, I can eat it. For just me, like anything else. Celery to me is like broccoli. Raw broccoli, ugh. cooked broccoli, fine. Raw broccoli is good cheese. too. With cheese and butter. <laughs> with cheese and butter. And while we're talking about smother food, it, smother it and stuff. Don't do what they're telling you to do on. Um, uh, TikTok. Oh my God! And don't ever do what they're telling you to do on TikTok. Don't put your uh, avocados in water and put them in the refrigerator. That is Why? a breeding ground for listeria and salmonella. That's what they did at the uh, very listerious. Yeah, they put the very listerious. In water. Yes. Uh, Ellen's last uh, episode tomorrow. Oh no! Oh, I'm so sad. She for you, came Jeff. out back in '97. Uh, lost her career for about three years. The phone did not ring after the was, Ellen show. She came. Out, I loved the Ellen show. Yeah, she came out in '97. I thought she yeah. was older than that. No, no, '97. Uh, I did. I hear. I heard a bit the other day. She did '92 when she was a clean stand-up comedian. That was right. what she was known as. On uh, you know the late night shows, definitely and not gay. Ha -ha. She was talking about how she worked out religiously and lifted weights religiously, and she goes, "I lift weights every once in a while. I don't ever lift weights. When I do, I go, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> God, this is heavy." <laughs> so that's where the really, she was. She's funny. I'm she sorry. Is funny. And it of is course, funny when you think about it because like when I say I do things religiously, it means I don't do them on Wednesdays like those people, and I do them only on <laughs> yeah. Sundays. Isn't it, um, isn't it? It 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 is sad that in this day and age that I mean. She tacked on the line when there was a bunch of uh, 
the abuse and the, the targeting of young gay men in this country for ass whippings and murder. And she started saying, be kind to one another. And they mm-hmm. said, hey, this is a good tagline. Yeah. And then somebody said, hey, this would be a good clickbait if we say that the be kind lady with all of her merchandise saying be kind to one another and the stuff you can order saying be kind to one another is actually mean. And so, and, and, and I could see it. I could see it in her personality that there was another edge to that knife. I've heard from and, reliable and, and, sources yeah. that she is a nightmare behind stage. Yeah, doesn't isn't? surprise me. Doesn't <laughs> reliable surprise Reliable sources. Me. Yeah. yeah, I know people. Okay. Uh, also on, on this day, I think it's interesting to note, the Voyager spacecraft is turning, oh, 45 years old. This is the V'ger that we sent hurtling out into space in 1975. This is 1975 technology. Yeah. And the, the 20- one with the golden plate on it that has all of the information about humankind and recorded music. I think Johnny B. Good's on there. One of yeah. Beethoven's sonatas is on there and all these different greetings in different languages from kids all over the world. And in the 24th century, it'll get absorbed into a machine planet and it'll come back. It literally is using technology that your digital alarm clock probably has more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it sends back information still at a rate slightly slower than a real old-fashioned you know dial-up modem would, yep. but we're still getting information from it after all this time. And it's way past Pluto now. It's out in deep space. Yeah, it's really awesome. And uh, just to, I thought that was kind of interesting to note. They're having to try to tweak that old technology a little bit because the information is beginning to get a little sketchy mm-hmm. at 45 and we're moving at those speeds. And it's actually been quite slow for a celestial object, but it's still working. So they're trying to get it all tweaked. And so we can still keep on garnering this stuff. They try to push out a firmware update and it just crashes. And here you go on this one too. Um, speaking of Jeff peanut butter, have you heard about the hip hop aged Cheez-Its? No. Cheez-Its, one of my favorite go-to, you know, guilty snack pleasures. Yeah. Again, yes, I add Salty. extra salt yep. to the Cheez-Its. I, I pour You're salt a weird in there, man. shake it up, and uh, <laughs> just make them. But he puts salt on uh, grapefruit, the too. Man that will is take, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The man takes margarita salt and eats it out of the cup. It I do. disgusting. I do. It's, I have a craving. But <laughs> Cheez-Its, they literally, from the time they were made, they sat and, and aged. Because, you know, they talk about how they age their cheese. Well, the Cheez-Its are already cheesy. And they sit there and they played hip hop music for the duration of their aging process to make these special <laughs> Cheez-Its that are hip hop infused. 4,000 cops poisoned after consuming <laughs> go, Cheez-Its. Go out and get you some today. And uh, on a- That's s- a very tricky little sneaky marketing ploy. Slightly somber note, actually a very somber note going in because we will have to address this one more time uh, with the remainder of the, the week left, the, the shooting down in Texas. Uh, CBS has pulled the last episode, the season finale of the show FBI. Pretty uh, popular show. I don't watch it. Yeah, it's one of the most popular shows on TV right now. Because it was entitled Prodigal Son, and it involves what? A school shooting, Mm. and they thought it was insensitive, so they yanked it out of the lineup for tomorrow night. Yeah, I would think that's a bit insensitive. AMC had to cancel their Basketball Diaries marathon as well. All right, let's get going here. (laughs) Russell Stroud, our news guy, will have some headlines for you. Pert near right now. Uh, if he's ready, if he had, if he's ha- hacked up that hairball. <clears throat> a county school bus uh, got into a crash after the state patrol says it do- did not yield uh, to a stop sign. GSP says the bus was turning left onto Cloud Springs Road from a Greenway Drive. It did stop at the sign, but actually didn't yield to oncoming traffic and crashed into a sedan. The car then spun off of the roadway. Details in this case are still limited, but due to the um, lack of 
uh, outcry, I guess I should say. I don't think there were any kids on board. I've not. I've tried and tried and tried and gotten very little information other than what I've just told you about this. So I'm going to go with the assumption there were no other people on board the bus, but we'll find out more later, hopefully. A Dunlap police officer was indicted by a Sequatchie County grand jury on charges of official misconduct and aggravated assault. The investigation into the incident began at the request of the DA's office. 28-year-old former officer Jack Johnson was allegedly involved in a car chase. When the suspect was stopped, Johnson allegedly assaulted him and used excessive force. And new details have come in about the old Cigna office, a site in East Brainerd. A developer EAH Acquisition says that in addition to the office building being converted into a school for the county, acreage will be used for residential and a senior living facility. And finally, protesters gathered in Catoosa County to urge Parkridge to back off of its plans to attempt to block CHI Memorial from building a new hospital in the county. Parkridge says that it's filing an appeal by the end of the month to get the state to stop the deal. Parkridge says that there is enough access to health care. They don't want an out-of-town for-profit hospital to compete with, although proponents of the new hospital say that it would add quite a, bit of, quite a bit of service to the northwest Georgia area, including imaging, which Parkridge does not offer. Now from the other place, it's Dave Hooker. Plenty of talk about the future of college football as we look for Dave Hooker off the hook sports. This much we know. We're not going to be okay with just one super conference. The other conferences will have to band together to rival the SEC, which will add Oklahoma and Texas in the coming years. Or do you have one super conference that has 32, 36 teams, and you break apart from the other bowl-eligible teams? It's quite a possibility, and don't be surprised if it doesn't happen. After all, the money is just way different. So that means two things. One you're going to have some people who say, hey, we're the ones bringing in the money. Why don't we get to keep most of the money? And you're going to have some other people start to look elsewhere to make their football program relevant and most of all profitable. Football is not a cheap sport. In order just to get by and have an event on Saturday will be enough for some schools. Winning championships, making Hundreds of millions of dollars is the goal for others. They're different, and it's time we treat them that way. Dave Hooker, Off the Hook Sports. The Upfront Wrap-Up, which is where we give you as many headlines as we can in a short amount of time and give you more time to actually ponder them, more information in your ear holes and your brain than anybody else does, and a little bit of a kibitzing on the side. Hopefully it's entertaining to listen to. More than a little today. <laughs> Brought to you by CADIS, Council for Alcohol and Drug Abuse Services, for 57 years, helping folks with education, just plain detox, effective treatment, regardless of ability to pay, see website for details, 10 care, third-party commercial insurance, all accepted. Thank you so much to CADIS. All right. Um, okay. Um, SRO stood down when he saw the tactical gear. Uh, you said that on yesterday's show that is proven to be 100% accurate. It gets worse, too. It does get much worse. Uh, I mentioned in the Columbine scenario, which was the one that shocked us all, and we went, oh, well, this one will hopefully never happen again. Well, my God. Um, you know, the, the SRO was outside, and instead of running in when he heard the gunshots, he hunkered down behind uh, some sort of structure or boulder of course, this is in you know Colorado in, in the Boulder County area, um, and uh, and and gave instructions as he was trained to do to other SWAT team members and uh, law enforcement arriving on the scene because he had tactical knowledge and knowledge of the layout of the building and all this stuff. 
And I remember at the time just going, my God, what an act of cowardice. People died because he didn't act and he was a trained officer. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that was fair or unfair, a judgment on my call way out here Monday morning quarterbacking doesn't really matter. People are st- they're questioning the actions of the law enforcement officers on the scene. Anywhere from 40 minutes, and that is as minimum as it gets, That's the low end, to over an hour they sat outside and heard gunshots inside the building. And did nothing. The Border Patrol agent that went in and took him down did so without authorization, without backup, on his own. Uh, Dads were arriving on the scene, breaking out windows, dragging kids through the windows, just traumatized beyond belief. I read an anecdote. It's just mortifying. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I I read an anecdote uh, from several parents who were on the scene, and I think they were interviewed by New York Times saying that, you know, remember, this is Texas. Everybody has guns in Texas, right? Sure, right. So dudes were saying, like, look, we got guns in our trucks. Why don't we just go in and take care of it ourselves because the cops aren't doing anything. And the cops held them back. Yeah. They wouldn't let them go in. Well, I mean, that's understandable. You know, you're not going to let just, you know, Joe Schmo just wander sure. into an active shooting scene because he thinks he's Billy Badass because he's got a 45 on his hip. You don't yeah, know who he is. No, it's understandable. He could be another shooter. It, sure, it's understandable, but it also, I think, amplifies the fact that these guys who are not trained officers were 100% ready and willing to go yeah. in, and yeah. the officers who were supposed to do their jobs did not. Let me state again, well, I never miss an opportunity to, to explain this to people. It's not, it's not their job to die protecting you. Right. It's their job to protect you, but not to die to protect you. Uh, Their job is to go home safely to their families, job one, and to take care of each other. The public comes second. I'm sorry. That's just the way that the training works. Now, the uh, social media posts, they're now, some of them are out there, some of them are not. I'm sure they're in the possession of several people where he said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to shoot my grandmother. I shot my grandmother. I'm on my way to the school. He actually put a Facebook post just as he was on the school grounds getting ready to walk in and that did alert some of those parents uh, shooting, some sort of red the flag shooting went of up. the grandmother was because of an unpaid cell phone bill is that what it was that's yes. what they were arguing yeah, I read about that as well uh now the uh, we'll move on to something that's a little bit uh more debatable at this point without being you know just insensitive what about beto o'rourke interrupting yeah. the press conference to shout shame on you. His literal words were, this is on you to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who was talking about, you know, prayers and well wishes and la, 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 la. You can keep the prayers. And uh, and, and you, know, and you the, can expect more of this, too. Yes. This, is, this is performative. Yes, too. it it's is. It very is. performative. And, so and, and so what, next time someone's going to come in and start throwing things, and the next time someone's going to come in and start doing something more loud, the next time someone's going to bring a gun in there is was it the right time and place because they were calling for people to come together and it's a bad idea uvalde the town the community could you have asked for a better response than they have given a town filled with brown people most of which are probably first you know immigration first you know generation immigrants some of them probably illegal in the entire town including all the young white folks as well Mm -hmm. have gathered together and really shown a lot of strength here but uh, one guy did stand up and just blasted Beto O'Rourke, who I, I liked him when he ran for president. I, I still like him now. I, I just, like I, him, too. He shouldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah, I think that was – it was um, definitely a, uh, a look-at-me, look-at-me type moment, mm-hmm. whether or not he felt it deep in his heart and it was totally sincere Oh, I think it was authentic. Yeah. I just don't think he should have done it. And uh, one guy stood up and said, you son of a bitch, you should be ashamed you know, for using this, you know, you know, as a springboard for your political, you know, causes and stuff I like that. I agree with that. And they hustled 
hustled him out. Yeah, I think both sides can be right and wrong. Yeah, yeah I mean, think about, it. think about it from the perspective of a grieving parent. You're there at a press conference, you're hearing horrible news, and then some freaking state politician yeah. stands up and starts yelling, get the F out of here. Yeah, all right, so work has begun on the cleanup around the Natchez Trace State Park. You may remember back in December, had a surprise tornado ripped through that area and really messed things up. Mm-hmm. And so the folks on the uh, other side of the state from us uh, or they're in the the Memphis area. Uh, they're 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 doing their cleanup and and good for them. I've still dude, not done the Natchez Trace. You want to talk about a haunted area? Freaking Natchez I've Trace. I've heard dude. that. I've heard that. The, there's a special place up on the bluff that overlooks the river uh, that's called Underhill. I think. I think that's Un- right. Underhill at Natchez. I've heard and that. And it's yeah. an old cat house. It's an old brothel, and yeah. you can stay there now. Yeah. And they say that place is just eat up with haints. So um, <laughs> I'd like to go sometime. No doubt about it. You mentioned the uh, bus crash. There were 15 on board, no injuries that I know of. Interesting. And okay. the bus was turning around. Yeah, I was making a left and turn. And this was at Cloud Springs and Greenway. Mm-hmm. Was it making a left-hand turn or was it making a UE? It was making a left-hand turn. Okay. It appears and it the car behind okay. the car behind hit him. That's that's just idiotic. God, the driving has just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse around here. Uh, bus driver here in our local neck of the woods also spotting a house fire. Quick reaction. Help the people there. Good for yep. them. Um, U.S. calls for a U.N. vote to toughen sanctions on North Korea after the triple missile launch, including the ICBM, uh, day before yesterday. You reach a point where you're like, how many more sanctions yeah. can we push against the country? Well, that's what I thought that about Russia. But, I mean, yeah. we keep coming up with them. We keep pulling them out of the hat like yeah. rabbits. So. Well, like North Korea, they've been under strict sanctions since, like, what, 1955 or something? Like, well, what more can say, you do? Yeah, they're, they're in Cuba. If we haven't sanctioned them, sanctioned them out of existence, we can't do it. Yeah. Right? We can't. We literally can't do it. I mean, the people of Cuba. Cuba is a great example of that too, where it's like they they're sanctioned to the point where everyone drives a car that's literally older than all of us, and they're just keeping it together with like duct tape and hose and stuff. Uh, Pikeville uh, Volunteer Fire Department gets a nice brand new SUV for those deep yeah. woods and cliff rescues, swift water rescues, and things they have to perform all the time. Good for them. Good Samaritan and some state money came through for that. 33 local schools, no SRO. I watched with great interest yesterday the local officials. Nobody was able to get through an interview without crying. Of course. Uh, Nobody anywhere, including Rhonda Thurman, Ph.D., who people have pegged to such a hard woman, she couldn't get through it without crying. She's a human. You know, we we can harden our schools all we want to, but if we don't have an armed SRO in there, what good is it doing? And they pointed out the same thing that we've talked to the sheriff about and others. You know, the SSOs, the people that are standing in for them, easier to find right now than a natural officer who wants to take on this gig something i've interesting i've noticed and i i almost don't want to bring it up because it's like one of those fingers crossed sort of things have you noticed that we haven't had anything like what's happened in texas or florida new hampshire etc happen in tennessee georgia mississippi kentucky alabama kentucky had one that's right kentucky Kentucky had one. one yeah the guy that had never shot a weapon before in his life had only trained on first-person shooter machines, yeah. killed everyone with headshots, never had shot before in his entire yeah. life. Well, I mean, it's easy. Been well, an SRO in my limited experience, Udawa High School was one of the first ones to get one when I was, uh, when I was a senior um, in 1998. Law enforcement officers are not uh, aspiring to be school resource officers. They're generally yeah. on the, back, the yeah. back end of their career. They're, they're, they're older. Mm-hmm. Um, one police officer with a firearm isn't going to stop a maniac from spraying AR-15 shots. I'm 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 not convinced of that. No, you can't. I'm stop not saying don't spraying. have them. I'm just saying you didn't solve a problem 
by putting an old man who used to be on the beat 25 yeah. years ago. One, Again, a hotshot cop doesn't want to yeah. be hanging around a bunch no, of exactly. snotty-ass kids. Well, but a lot of cops, too, take on those second jobs. I see them all the time. They or, take, or the, the post-retirement jobs. Yeah. And but, also, let's again, police officers are not superheroes. No, They're just right. assholes like the rest yeah, of us. Yeah, it's not like TV. I, I, I think SROs, as a general rule, makes perfect sense. Now, when I was in high school, if there was a cop in our school every day, Oh, he would have suffered. He would have <laughs> suffered greatly. That would have been absolutely unimaginable. That was such a different time. I know. Such a different time. I know, but I'm just saying, I think it's it's great to have that interface for young kids that's not negative right off the bat. Right. Assuming it's and, not negative. And I was concerned about the, 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 the ones at my kids' schools until I met them. And then I realized that it was it really was probably a, a, a win-win scenario. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the, speaking of police officers, Jack Alexander Johnson. Yep. Just 27, 28 years old, uh, been a, a cop in Dunlap for some time. Hey, he's my age. He chased somebody down, and I don't even know why it started, and it started in Dunlap. It got out in the county. He stayed on him. He pursued him. When you run from a cop, you piss off a cop, mm-hmm. and he was mad, and he pistol-whipped the guy. He's now out of a job and probably going to face charges. There's something that the police— Being pistol-whipped is not any good. No. No fun. No. That hurts. Nothing the police hate more than having to do cardio. Um, Russia says it will reopen the Black Sea. Uh, they're, they're on the PR front right now. They, they really are allowing the, the, the troops inside the steel plant— to escape mm-hmm. um they're not enjoying another two russian soldiers have pled guilty to war crimes and probably spend the rest of their lives they targeted uh, schools educational centers community rec centers and things of that nature and said they did there are eight thousand pow's in the donetsk region uh ukrainian citizens who will probably all end up facing war crimes tribunals because of this in russia but Russia is saying we will not create a world hunger crisis. We will allow this grain to leave these ports as soon as we get through stealing what we need. Right. And that is exactly what they're doing. And don't get it confused. Um, AOC ripping Lauren Boebert for being a useless piece of furniture while kids are being killed. Interesting quote. I haven't seen anything from her out of her or really any of the squad in some time. No, Other AOC than, you know, is not... Uh really done much of anything she just got engaged that's why oh, really that's well right. she's got other things on well, her she's, mind she's been uh, partners with the guy for like you know 10 years or whatever yeah, Maybe, that's different get right get right with society get right with god for god's sake <laughs> you need to stop living in sin uh all right this is what we're going to discuss here in just a little bit we have a guest coming in that i have not uh promoted because it just happened this morning and one of two women that are involved in this organization um, and it is it, it, it has to do with these tiny homes that they have built at very, very low cost for the homeless over on 11th and 12th Street. They have been trying to get people out of their tent encampments into these tiny homes, which are wood structures, very, very rudimentary, cost about 50 bucks to put them together. This was sanctioned by the city, but I'm going to get out on a thin limb and say some local Karen complained and, you know, pulled out the old NIMBY, not in my backyard argument, mm-hmm. and said we want them down. And so they said, well, these things are highly flammable. The fire marshal says they're unsafe. More unsafe than a nylon tent? Right. Have you ever seen a tent go up? I yes. have about a half dozen times on camping trips. It takes about 20 seconds for it to burn. It burns hot, fast, high, and if you're in it, you might survive if you just curl up in your bag and just let it burn around you. If you try to get out, you're just going to be coated with burning plastic. Mm-hmm. There's nothing safe about a tent. I can look at these things and see they're ramshackle, but it's probably a better scenario. 
But now they're thinking, well, are yeah, but they putting not, down roots? They're, you know? they're, they're not worried about the homeless person's health no. and safety. That Nobody cares about that. And, and But there, it is true. Tiny homes have that same concept of like a trailer park. Sure. They're, they're, they are... You know they don't have That's foundations. They're they're very light, mm-hmm. and they're oh, very yeah. susceptible to uh, to any kind of heat and, and fire. A gust of seventy miles an hour down Twelfth Street would take just about every one of them out. Yeah, yeah. No so they're, they're not there. they're not safe. They're not wrong to say that, but you're not wrong to say that the yeah. tents aren't either. But they yeah. don't care about the nylon tents. They yeah. didn't put up the tents. Yeah, that's the that's the difference. Uh, Twitter having to pay one hundred and fifty dollars out to folks who had their security and privacy data mined out, uh, or what? What do you call when you're on the giving end? That's not mining. That's giving. Uh, uh, yeah. doling them out uh, <laughs> sure. to, to people who said i'll pay you for that information yeah, yeah uh so again you know they can take a 150 million dollar hit like i can take a you know a 50 cent coke they've got insurance for that and um the issue with the twitter thing is that twitter lied about their security which is kind of the bigger issue the ftc isn't even upset that the information leaked the ftc is upset that twitter lied about their security to the ftc and to the consumer about 150 people showed up for a um, uh, sort of a rally in support of CHI Memorial down mm-hmm. in Catoosa County. I have been – why would anybody want to be against a competition and a, and a new <laughs> hospital coming yeah. into an area that doesn't have enough beds or a decent ER? Park Ridge is down there, but it's not enough. No, it's not. It's not enough for that growing population center. Well, it's not, and you have to consider as well that there are communities which are south of us, west of us, east of us, that don't have access to hospitals that have to come to either Chattanooga or to Catoosa County to get access to a hospital. So it's not just serving Catoosa County. It's serving really almost the entirety of northwest Georgia, if we're being honest. Uh, and uh, Park Ridge was saying they might a- appeal the decision, the, 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 the certificate of need to build down there. I bet they don't. Um, yeah. Chief of Staff for President Trump at uh, back during the bad old days, Mark Meadows, <laughs> saying that Trump said Pence should be hanged when he heard <laughs> okay. that they were chanting "Hang Mike Pence," and folks were saying you need to, you need to make some calls, you need to go on TV, you need to do an Oval Office address, get these people to back off. They're talking about hanging your vice president, and he said he literally stated, turned around, and said he should be hanged. Uh, again, this is all part of a book tour coming up. Say, who's, nice who said this? What uh, a nice Mark guy. Meadows. The, the I don't believe it. Chief of staff. I don't believe he said that. I read I, the article. Well, I, I can read the article too. Yeah. I still don't believe it. No, you I'm don't a, believe the article. Fair enough. I'm a Brian on this one. I have a difficult time <laughs> believing it simply because Mark Meadows is trying to sell a book. And he wants you very much to buy the book so you can see what President Trump said next. Turn to page 233. The State Department, Biden's State Department, says photos of Uyghurs in detention camps are jarring. Dude, so there was a (laughs) hack. It's not funny, Jim. People are being genocided. Uh, There was a hack of the uh, servers which uh, hold information regarding those detention centers. It's bad. It's worse than we thought. They're overflowing. They have to constantly build new detention centers because the, and when I say detention center, I mean concentration camp. When they have to build these new detention centers because they're overflowing, they have to build uh, bigger ones with higher walls because people might escape and they have these deprogramming centers. It's literally like 1984 on steroids and I'm not exaggerating. It's the worst thing you could ever think of. Okay, here's what is going to happen right now. We're going to, you know, wrap up the upfront wrap up here and I've got a little bit more information on what we're going to be getting into. We have uh, one of the uh, folks involved in the organization called Help Right Here, which is based on Signal Mountain, which actually put the 
tiny homes community up together, again, sanctioned by the city. And at the same time, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of just drift into everybody's got one. And this is a more entertaining story as we get our guest in here. And everybody's got one is the editorial segment, and even though we editorialized throughout the entire podcast. Uh, brought to you by People's Home Equity. Get pre-approved if you're in the housing market. Save time, money, stress, and worry. Talk to Bruce Dodd or Trevor Glass, 591-9801, chatmortgage.com. And I'm just going to just have some fun with this. This was sent to me by one of our listeners in Florida. Used to live here and still wants to keep up with town, you know, goings-on and events by listening to Chattanooga Drive-In Show. And this comes from The Hill, which I think is a very reliable source. An openly gay Florida high schooler, among those suing one of the actual uh, signees in this lawsuit uh, by students against the Don't Say Gay Law, which is what we've dumbed it down to at this point. I know it has a fancier title, but everybody knows what it is. Used his graduation speech as valedictorian to speak about his experience while using a winking code to avoid referring (laughs) to his orientation directly. Uh, Here is some of that. The guy's name was Xander Morix. And a handsome young fellow, very, very, very curly hair and openly gay from the time he joined the high school. And he's their valedictorian, so he's addressing the class. He goes, I must discuss a very public part of my identity. This characteristic has probably become the first thing you think of when you think of me as a human being. As you know, I have curly hair. (laughs) The senior class president, Pine View School in Sarasota County, repeatedly referred to his distinctive locks after earlier saying he'd been told his speech would be censored if he spoke openly about, here's the name, the parental rights and education law, right? Okay. A few days ago, my principal called me into his office and informed me that if my graduation speech referenced my activism or role as a plaintiff in the lawsuit, school administration had a signal to cut off my microphone in my speech and halt the ceremony. This is his writing on Twitter beforehand. I'm the first openly gay class president in my school's history. The censorship seems to show that they want me to be the last. So during the graduation, he shared how the law would impact kids like me with curly hair. Yeah. There are going to be so many kids with curly hair who need a community like Pine View, <laughs> and they won't have him. one. Instead, him. they'll try to fix themselves so they can exist in Florida's humid, humid climate. And <laughs> 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 just makes all these references. And I, I just, just look it up, Googles it up on the interwebs and enjoy it. He, he was very funny while addressing a very serious topic under some fairly onerous uh, parameters. Let's just put it to you that way. So kids today are not only smarter than some people give them credit for, they're funnier too. All right, I'm joined by Anne Marie. I don't know your last name. I, it, just, it, it just occurred Fitz to Simmons. me. Fitzsimmons. Yeah. I just, uh, I just met you as Anne Marie just mm-hmm. recently. So that's uh, Fitzsimmons. And you guys are uh, with the organization. I want to make sure I get this right. It's help right here, right? Yes. Based in Signal Mountain. But uh, kind of just take it and run. Thank you for coming in. I mean, at last minute's notice. I not, haven't had a shower. Today. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you can't you tell. You look fantastic. You can't Thank tell you. by looking, and I certainly don't <laughs> smell anything uh, over my own stench. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. You are, uh, are, are were or are a school librarian? Am. Am a school librarian. Yeah. So so you For have now. you have uh, you know an affiliation with local entities, organizations. There there's that. Why did you get involved in this particular organization up on Signal Mountain and its work down in the, in town in the, in the ditch here? Um, my neighboring teacher, Nikki Keck. Yes. Um, we didn't really know each other. She started the year after I did, and I was at the community kitchen working with on my own two feet and wheels, which is a program. 
uh, for running and biking um, for the homeless. And I was helping with their day of giving. And I got finished cleaning up and left the, out the front of the kitchen. And I look over and there's all these kids from CSAS I know and Nikki. And I was like, what are you doing here? And she's like, here? what are you doing here? So obviously we need to have a conversation. And so we started a nonprofit. We went through Causeway. Um, I went through a Causeway class and they're, they were amazing. I don't think we would have gone nearly as far with I worked that. with Causeway quite a bit when we first started doing all the nonprofits uh, as partners down at Riverfront Nights years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So th- it was great. Um, so it's just kind of snowballed. Like we just took in donations and a little bit of money here and there. And we basically started as outreach. So we would go out onto 11th Street or out to Hamilton Place or off Signal Mountain Road or wherever we could find people and give stuff out. Um, and then we did um, a documentary with some of our students. And it was to just highlight homelessness in Chattanooga. And when we were, as we were doing that, we, it became really, really obvious that one of the biggest problems we have with homelessness in Chattanooga and across the globe is that there's not any affordable housing. There's no true affordable housing for people. We don't have it. And so we kind of shift, not shifted our mission, but just expanded it, I guess. So we would continue to do outreach but we started researching other options other than tents so we ended up getting a, some grant money from a local foundation and traveled to Seattle and did a lot of research with a company out there and another nonprofit um, to learn how to do a managed sanctioned I guess camp which is what we're doing now. Um, and sanctioned means that the city said, okay, yes, do this. The city These said tents okay. are no good. This mess is no good. Go ahead, step in as at least a, an interim. Right. So we, we have opened the sanctioned camp. Um, our next step is to, we're getting ready to go back to Seattle to meet with um, a company <coughs> called Lehigh. It's Low Income Housing Institute in Seattle. They've been around for decades um, and started with sanctioned homeless camps and then went to like a transitional village so they have a transitional tiny home village lots of you know villages um, built out of tiny homes but they're transitional and they're supportive so they work with their clients and get them housed and help them do whatever else they can but when they leave the transitional housing they go into lehigh's own permanent supportive housing so once they're ready to go out on their own again and and reintegrate into society, you know, they go into these permanent supportive buildings, but still have, you know, similar people around them and support from caseworkers to be able, if they have questions or something's difficult, they still have support for a while, so they're not just thrown back into an apartment. Because we've seen, and I think it's pretty normal, that a lot of people that do get housed end up back on the street because they're not quite ready we real quick before we go any further into the current scenario which is stuff is happening as we speak right now on this front and in, in all directions at once um we've often talked about asked debated what is affordable housing in chattanooga tennessee what is that what is our target i don't know if i can answer that i know that a lot of these people have disability checks that can cover I don't know, $800, something like that. But if you can cover rent, you can't necessarily cover food or paying Brian, anything this, to else. To the point that you made the other day. There are so many people that are living in tents 
all over Hamilton County that have jobs. Well, how could they even get accepted into housing if actually the percentage is 30% of your income You can't. I mean, is your housing allotment? I mean, you know I mean, it's really difficult, and there's just not, because the way it works now, and I'm not totally well-versed, so if I screw up, somebody no, that's tell me. These are all been just yeah. us. But this, this is, us. my understanding is that, I totally lost my train of thought. Just, just I mean, just, 30%. just affordable housing. Affordable can, can, housing. Can, can they get there's in? Just, okay, so as of right now, they will go through caseworkers, and they go down a list of landlords that will accept section eight so yeah like that or individual landlords and there just aren't that many of them right yeah there's just not that many people willing to do section eight housing i think it's i think it's it's probably a pretty good investment on somebody's part you know it's it's locked in money it's going to come to you because it's the government check uh and you know most of them i think once they get pride of ownership i i I still buy into the old thinking that they'll do a better job of taking care of it's unbelievable we've already seen it in our camp i don't think that's necessarily true i mean yes of course i mean if you're desperate if you're a mom if you know or dad and you're out there on the street and you finally get into a section eight house or apartment yeah that that seems like the logical step but i've actually worked as a property manager before for somebody who owned several buildings who had a few section eight people Mm -hmm. here and there and he desperately wanted to get them out because even though that money was coming in they weren't taking care he of the apartments. This, no, some was, of them don't. And Marie, this true. is Jen, and that is Brian, and Hi. you just walked past Russell. Uh, okay. Just so you'll know. Go ahead. I had one other question, but yeah. too. But uh, yeah, but you're right, and not everybody does. A lot of them do. Um, you know, I would hope it's so. Just, that's just how it is. Yeah, you know? it's hard. Well, it is hard. The other question is... The, the, uh, the, 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 the thing happening today. The other thing is, I've also read um, about this sanctioned area. Mm-hmm that a lot of the homeless people are not wanting to come in to the sanctioned area because of too many quote-unquote rules mm-hmm. what are those rules i hate rules too well we gotta have some rules jeff well sure um basically we, and we go through a screening process so you know really the oh, sorry I, about that sorry, about that. <laughs> sorry about that Stop talking. That's a little headphone feedback but um they go through a screening process and basically the only thing we're screening for is sexual offenses big right. sexual assault charges and murder yeah no public drunks are going to keep you out nothing like that no i mean i couldn't even get in yeah i understand <laughs> but um i'm not but you know yeah there are rules though i mean and the rules are you know you don't do drugs or alcohol don't right. drink or do drugs in the camp mm-hmm. you can go right outside the is there a curfew Yes. Yeah. You got to be in at ten. There's a curfew. There's a curfew. Salvation Army. There's a curfew everywhere. I think everywhere. that's a smart thing there's to do. There's a curfew. You know, you, you kind of have to because that kind of minimizes, you know, yeah. craziness, risk, liability. Um, for sure. Well, all right. Let's let's jump right to it. I'm looking at today's Times Free Press front page. Uh, City OK's measure allowing accessory dwellings. This is just literally yesterday. I'll hand it to you here. Uh, this is from Wyatt Massey, one of their staff writers. Oh, yeah. Chattanooga City to. Council paved the way Tuesday night uh, for more housing units in the city with the passage of an ordinance allowing accessory dwelling units. So this has to do with little grandma apartments or mother-in-law apartments and, and outside buildings that people have, you know, mm-hmm. guest you know houses that they can turn over to folks who are currently homeless. So it's kind of an almost sort of Section 8 type program that won't fit that model. You won't be able to put that on the the top of it. But they're saying this is something that we can do. This is another step. Um, The sanctioned tiny home dwellings have been told now that they're unsanctioned and they've got till next Wednesday 
Now, this will air tomorrow, Friday, on whatever that, the, the, the 27th. But on Wednesday, they got to be out. So what what happened? They've already they've already started taking down those oh, places. Really? Um, they are lining the, the perimeter of the sanctioned camp. Um, and they're on city property. So whoever built them, built them on city property. Um, and the city doesn't want them there. It's going to cut down on problems around the sanctioned camp that they have okayed. Um, and those people are welcome to apply to come in. They've been told multiple times that they can do that. Um, and some of them have. We've taken some of them in. The guy that, that apparently is the one that built them, Joshua Kapelish, uh, up on, I think, the backside of Lookout, Tiny Homes for the Unhoused People is the name of the organization. It says they cost about 50 bucks a pop to build. And I understand we saw our friend, very good friend, Ella Smith, was quoted in this, this article saying that they're just unsafe they're flammable they're 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 just they're, they go up real quickly but then again as i've already pointed out before you arrived so will a tent a tent will go up in 20 seconds yeah. and if you're inside it you're in serious trouble and i mean there's nothing more flammable than a nylon no. tent even those no. that are, say they're flame resistant are not so i mean i would think that it would be easier to get out of a tent on fire than there would be. Maybe. possibly Maybe. Yeah, do if you've got no, it I'm bolted sure. up bolted up and locked up but i'm just saying i i i understand that they're but they're not supposed to be permanent anyway. But is that is that what you think is happening? Is that people are looking at them going, oh my God, this is going to be here forever. And so we have NIMBY coming into effect. And oh, this is just, just unsightly, blah, blah. Well, one of the reasons, and our, our, the sanctioned encampment is tents. Um, and our rules are they're not supposed to smoke anywhere around the tents. We have a community area and the ashtrays everywhere. Um, so hopefully they'll adhere to that. Um, if not, we'll have a camp meeting about it. Um, so so you, you're not overly concerned about this you don't see this as a, a harsh move on the part of the city you understand where they're coming from it's I, just it's I unfortunate for these folks it is unfortunate for them they have the choice to you know to try to come in you know if they have sexual assaults or murders they can't do that um but they are on city property and the city can do what they want and they want they gave us you know responsibility and management of this camp and in order to make it the safest and most secure environment possible, you know, there are people that, you know, it's not safe. So they replaced the tents with the tiny homes to a degree. Now the tiny homes go away. Don't tents just pop back They're up like mushrooms? They're not homes. They are shoeboxes shoe boxes of wood. Uh, you know, what, don't, won't, don't the tents just come back in? I'm sure, but they, can, they won't be coming back in right there. Right there. So right now we're up to 14 residents. So we're in a holding pattern until we come back from Seattle, and then we're going to grow to 30 in June and hopefully 60 in July. How does the city government work with an organization like yours? Is it is it a good relationship, or is it you know yeah. sort of? No, it's been great. Um, grappling. We, Nikki and I first went to Seattle last June, and then met with Sam Wolf when we came back in and told him, you know, about these sanctioned camps that we'd seen. That it just doesn't make any sense why we can't do this. You know, because basically the their resident run, once you get them up and running, we just oversee it. We we do meetings, you know, we, we check on people, we come in and it's and just hang out. I mean, that's what we like to do anyway. But it's basically resident run. So they run the security during the day, they run the donation tents, they keep up everything clean, they watch out for each other, and it works. I mean, we've been we went to three two or three different camps in seattle that run this way and they've been someone some of them have been in existence for like 30 years or something are you volunteering to do this 
We have been, we finally have gotten paid through our contract with the city for this. So we haven't gotten paid at all. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, you have a good so, heart. So then, so then you, you, you've definitely had a, 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 a good relationship with the city that's getting better so yeah. far. Yeah, and it's good. And we, when we met with Sam and told him about this, and then we went to, um, we, we researched and tried to figure out which way we wanted to go when we went for transitional housing. If we wanted to do tiny homes made of wood or if we wanted to go with the pallet shelters, which were like they're not they're not just fiberglass they're they're well let's just say they're fiberglass structures they're white they're made out of whiteboard material you can write all all over them they're small they're 64 square feet or 100 square feet um you can house two one to four people in them if you need to um they're ten thousand or twelve thousand dollars a piece and so that we were looking to do that instead of tiny homes because of the price of lumber and labor and everything else. It's just too expensive to do that. Describe to me, and we'll we'll wrap it up right after this. And thank okay. you so, again for just shifting gears and swinging by here so quickly today. Because I mean, it, it, for this to be able to air on Friday instead of next week after the deadline's already over, it certainly makes it more timely. Uh, but describe to me what your ideal scenario would be within a year if everything just I mean clipped right into place within a for year for dealing with the homeless population in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, we would be, we would have this camp at not full capacity because they wanted it at 120, and I don't think that's best, Yeah. Um, for lack of a better word. Um, I hope that the ARP funding, that we're applying for more of that, we're applying to for the money to do our own pallet home village. Um, I hope that that's done, and then I hope whether it's us, whether it's whoever, is is really getting on board and moving forward with permanent supportive housing affordable permanent supportive housing so we're going to start working on that i don't know how much headway we'll make within a year but that's our that's our phase three will it be somewhere other than 11th and 12th street or is that just going yes. to always be the footprint no the the reasoning behind starting there which it's nikki and i that's not where we would have done it for safety reasons if we were anywhere else we we have hired where secure. would you have done it Somewhere on a bus line. You know how many brownfields we have around here yeah, sitting yeah. there not doing so anything. So on a bus line, so yeah. people could it get around. To be on a bus line. Um, but one of the reasons behind staying, starting it there is because the NIMBY attitude yes, wouldn't right. be as great there. Because if you can put it there in the middle of all of where people are used to having homeless people, and show something working and progressing and making it better out there, then it's gonna be easier to do it somewhere else. That was our thinking. So no, if we are able to, when we're able to do the permanent supportive housing, it won't be on 11th Street. Well, Anne-Marie Fitzsimmons, uh, let me extend the invitation for you to come back in with a little bit more notice this time, uh, somewhere in the near future when you guys get back from Seattle and you sure. wanna just tell everybody, here's what we've got. Because yeah. there are so many people out there listening that actually do have and interest in the homeless population. They, it's crazy they, how they many. do nothing else. They do at least a sock drive once a year. They'd like to know. Yeah, and we're t- we take donations seven a.m. to seven p.m. Um, on it's on the corner of eleventh. I mean twelfth and Peoples. Okay. Okay. So. Well, thank you so much. And, yeah, uh, it's and, nice and, to meet and you. And my nice hats to off to you guys and everybody that's doing this good work. Come see it. I, I will. I most okay. certainly. I most certainly will. Let's get through this holiday weekend. Thank you so much. Rock and roll. I appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. And I'll do the same thing I did with uh, the Everybody's Got One segment. I'll just go right into the the duh segment of the podcast today. And this is brought to you by Guardian Investment Advisors. Real professionals, care, commitment, kindness. Always ready to talk. Seven one zero ninety one ninety nine. Gary Thurman and Tide McIntosh. And uh, listen to their podcast as well. Seven one zero ninety one ninety nine. Got a communication really nice and pleasant from them. 
yesterday on, again, the very unstable atmosphere and the stock market and Dow Jones and all the rest of it, NASDAQ, and here's what you need to know and, and stuff like that it helps me because I'm not very smart. Um, this comes, this is in direct reference to, of course, the school shooting, and it actually is a think piece uh, that was done by Heather Cox Richardson. And this is a very, very lengthy Facebook post, and I'm just going to just stumble through the important parts. It kind of goes back and, and, and deals with the history of how we got here and points out that uh, Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly, after the, the Mandalay Bay Massacre in Las Vegas, said this, Massacres like this are the price of freedom in America. We cannot have the freedoms that we are used to without having lunatics occasionally go off. You may remember 60 people killed, 411 wounded in that shooting. An unimaginable number. You're talking about the one that was at the uh, country concert, right? Yeah, at the country concert. I remember that very well. Everybody was kind of surprised it was country, right? Uh, So it goes on. The Second Amendment, uh, well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's it. That's what it says. She argues, as often so many do, that the framers really meant to bear arms, meant to be part of an organized militia. I would say, in my opinion, my take, my reading, is that the right to bear arms is an individual right, and I am part of that militia. Uh, well-regulated just means the gun laws that we have. Well, you're uh, factually, you're correct, because if you yes. actually read what they said about it, that is what they meant. It goes on and kind of does a history lesson. The Tennessee Supreme Court wrote in 1840, quote, a man in the pursuit of deer, elk, and buffaloes might carry his rifle every day for 40 years, and yet it would never be said of him that he had borne arms, much less could it be said that a private citizen bears arms because he has a dirk a Dirk, there's one to look up, it's or a nice little pistol concealed under his clothes or a spear and a cane, unquote. But the insistence today that the Second Amendment gives individuals this broad right comes from two places. One, the establishment of the NRA. Check it out. 1871, New York, in part to improve the marksmanship skills of American citizens who might be called on to fight in another war, and in part to promote the, in America the British sport of elite shooting, compete with hefty cash prices, uh, newly organized tournaments uh, a decade after the Civil War, they uh, jumped at the chance to hone their former skills. Rifle clubs sprang up across the nation. By the 1920s, rifle shooting was a popular American sport. Riflemen, riflemen, in quotes, competed in the Olympics and colleges, local, state, and national tournaments, and being a good marksman was a source of pride, mentioned in public biographies, like a good golfer. 1925, Secretary of the NRA apparently took money from ammo and arms manufacturers, and the organization tossed him out and sued him. How about that? I remember that. I mean, I don't remember that literally, but I remember it. it. From from reading, NRA officers insisted on the right of citizens to own rifles and handguns, but were hard to distinguish between law-abiding citizens and mentally ill people and criminals who should not. In 31, amid fears of bootlegger gangs, the NRA backed federal legislation to limit concealed weapons, prevent possession by criminals, the mentally ill and children, to require all dealers to be licensed, background checks before delivery. It backed the 1934 National Firearms Act, parts of the 1968 Gun Control Act. But in the mid-70s, a faction in the NRA forced the organization away from sports and all that and formed a political action committee in 75, Two years later, it elected an organization president who abandoned sporting culture and focused instead on, quote, gun rights, unquote. The second thing that led us to where we are, leaders of the NRA embracing the politics of the conservative movement as it existed then, never has backed away from it yet. Uh, 
movement conservatives embraced the myth of the American cowboy as a white man standing against the socialism of the federal government as it sought to level the economic playing field between black Americans and their white neighbors. Now we're getting into pure subjective, you know, editorializing. Sure. Barry Goldwater personified the American cowboy with his hat, opposition to government regulations, uh, you know, always referenced TV westerns mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and people either ate it up or they hated it. My grandfather was a big Barry Goldwater guy. 72, the Republican platform called for gun control to restrict the sale of cheap handguns. In 75, though, geared up to challenge Gerald R. Ford for the 76th presidential nomination. It goes on from there. That was the, uh, if you're not familiar, that was the Saturday Night Special Band, as yeah, they called it. Which was a more sensible band than a lot. I'll just go ahead and say that right now. Um, Chuck Schumer, then a congressman, was the one that introduced the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act after the uh, attempted assassination on, on Ron Reagan in mm-hmm. 1981. And then it just goes on from there, and it catches a, us up to, to where we are now and basically the money being spent. Something real quick about the Brady handgun bill. Something interesting about the Brady handgun bill is that the individual who attempted to assassinate uh, uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, paralyzed uh, Mr. Brady, the press secretary at the time, used a uh, twenty two caliber revolver, sure. which was not covered under the Brady handgun bill. So the Brady handgun bill didn't cover... The weapon that was used to paralyze James Brady. Kind of weird. Real quick, just very quickly, 2016, the NRA spent $50 million on Republican candidates, including $30 million on Donald Trump, who at the time couldn't get any other Republican PAC to back him. There was no PAC backing. Uh, (laughs) He was an outsider. They didn't like him. They didn't want him. Now, of course, he is a deity for all practical purposes. And the NRA will hold its uh, annual meeting today, yeah. as you hear this, yeah, in Trump Houston. And Trump will be there. Abbott will be there. Cruz will be there. Dan Crenshaw will be there. Everybody will be there in the wake and the shadow of this most recent shooting. And it goes on to state, even though 90% of Americans, including nearly 74% of NRA members, support background checks, Republicans have killed legislation like this by filibustering it. So uh, just... Have at it. You can go ahead and do your own search if you want to. If you're on Facebook, Heather Cox Richardson, it goes on from there. Thank you very much. What are you doing? What are you doing? Our community calendar segment. And I'll throw this out there very fast. Nightfall. I said I didn't know any of the bands. You said, hey, Chawa actually has a hit record right now. Yeah, I do. I found out yesterday the guy that's the head of that band, this is a Mardi Gras Indian band, is Joseph Boudreau Jr., the son of Big Chief Monk Boudreau, (laughs) who is one of my absolute heroes, and I had one of the most magical musical moments of my life seeing the Wetlands All-Stars with Big Chief Monk Boudreau among them, along with Tab Benoit and Jumpin' Johnny Thibodeau and people like that at at Riverbend several years ago, and this guy is the mofo, man. So if this is his son, (laughs) I'm all for it. All right, so there you have it. It's a nightfall. I have nothing that exciting. But today, Be a Good Samaritan Friday, this is happening from 2 to 4. Volunteer Cleanup Day is happening at the Speech and Hearing Center. It's free, obviously. Help the staff get the center's office in order. Nice. Uh, That is out on Encompass uh, Drive. Search through financial records, dig through the trash can. Also today, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., is the teen art workshops, I guess, are starting. Um, $75 to do this. Youth ages 13 to 17 can start their summers with a hands-on art uh, workshop. A two-day camp option is also available. 
Hairspray is coming to Memorial Auditorium May 31st, 7.30 p.m. Ticket starts at $38. Uh, an Introduction to Racial Justice is happening Tuesday, May 31st from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Chattery. Uh, they're going to be doing this on a donation basis. It's a, a The class is a first in the Chattery's uh, Human Development Series. The Tivoli Theater Foundation recently announced its 2022-2023 Broadway at the Memorial Auditorium season. The lineup includes five award-winning shows, Ain't Too Proud, My Fair Lady, Chicago, Jesus Christ Superstar, and Dear Evan Hansen. I loved Dear Evan Hansen. If you've not seen it, it's good. Uh, and then this one I got in an email, so I'm just going to help these guys out and get the word out for them. The Net Resource Foundation will host the first ever music festival at the Southside Community Park on Saturday, June 25th from 4 until 8 p.m. The family-friendly concert is free and open to the public and features retail and food vendors. The music festival will feature a DJ, a live band, and performance by the Soul Aerobic Steppers. All proceeds from the festival will help fund the Net Resource Foundation's Leadership for Life program. At Quality Tire Pros, we look forward to keeping you on the road in 2022. If your ride is running as rough as the past two years have been, stop in today. Let us check it out. For a quality ride and one you can count on, we carry great tire brands like Michelin. No matter what you drive or where you've driven, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard. And Jen Lambert here to my right in your, uh, I think your left ear stereo speaker, um, has her corner being a pimp, selling our butts out on the street every day. She gets her own corner. Brought to you by Chattanooga Safety Products on Highway 58. Next to the Hungry House, all your industrial footwear and PPE needs at Chattanooga Safety Products. Can I just squeeze in and say one thing? Please. Leslie Jordan, of course, the Grand Marshal of Riverbend. They say it's the first time they've ever had Grand Marshal. I'm not sure that's true. I'm not I, sure that's true I, either. I, I think they've actually had Grand Marshals before. They didn't really not have in the last thirty years. They have. They didn't have anything to really do. But Leslie Jordan lost his mom yeah, uh, I read yesterday, that. I read and that. that was a huge part of his shtick during the lockdown when yeah. he became soaringly popular. And uh, and I think he's funny, just like everybody else thinks he's funny. And his and his southernness, his very diminutive gay southernness, is just touching. And 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 he's just a comical guy. I don't get the guy at all. I don't. I don't uh, understand I, what the appeal is. He's got kind, kind of a James of Gregory take I on things, yeah, and that makes it yeah, more I sense. Why say, I was going to say you, you. I can see, but this one thing, wasn't he, he on Will and Grace? Yeah, yeah. He was more more reason to yeah. not care yeah. about yeah, this guy. Okay. <laughs> so, so he was also an American Horror Story. Uh, strangely enough, it's kind of like a like Rip Taylor, you know, with the yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm, I'm just the one thing he told the story about his mom and his twin sisters. That uh, did two sisters that were twins. They went down to to. Kissimmee, Florida, which of course every kid says Kissimmee. Kissimmee, kid, they make jokes and make jokes. And so they were arguing about it and said his mom pulled into a fast food place and just rolled the window down and said, I'm telling you, this is an Indian name. It's, it's pronounced Kissimmee. And she hollered out at somebody that had a uniform on there at the, at, the, at the fast food place and said, Hey, exactly where are we? And the person looked around. Looked around and looked back at him and said, Burger King. <laughs> and just the way his delivery and saying such lines I find to be somewhat amusing. I think That's I've all. heard you tell me that before. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully I'll be pleasantly surprised and it'll be entertaining. Since you're talking about Riverbend, I'll start with this one. Riverbend recently announced that uh, people should be prepared. There are some things that you'll need to know before arriving at the Riverbend Festival this year. 
Uh, and then they posted a list of things that you can bring and things that you cannot bring. I won't read all of them, but what you can bring is, you know, baby strollers, binoculars, blankets, sheets, towels, small cameras, sunglasses, hats, sunscreens. What you can't bring, chairs, non-clear bags, aerosol containers, coolers, framed backpacks, um, hammocks, glass containers, illegal substances, oversized umbrellas, outside food and beverages, and so on and so forth. In other words, it's a festival. It's a <laughs> festival. So uh, I saw this on Facebook, and here is my response to all of the people saying, oh, boo, Riverbend used to be family-friendly. I wrote, it's really too bad that Chattanooga's lowest common denominator have no clue what a real music festival is. If you think these guidelines are too much to handle or out of line, you're too old to go anyway. Stay away. This year's Riverbend looks to be a giant step forward. It's a great lineup, and it seems to have finally caught up with real festival culture. If you don't have a clear bag, you haven't been anywhere anytime recently. Exactly. Uh, That's what you have to have to go to a place. And the chair thing used to be a nightmare because people would put up their chairs on the first night and expect them to stay there Mm -hmm. throughout the entire week and would come back and demand that somebody move or get up out of their chair. Who that? What the hell? How did that ever work? Um, a, a totally different era. It was horrible. I'm, I'm tired of even talking about it. I mean, I, this is great. I mean, it's, it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's it's great. Yeah. Step, step Go right follow direction. the rules. Have fun. Spend money. Uh, say you love it, and we'll get better bands next year. I think it's one of those things where, like, if you like it, you like it, and if you don't, you don't. Like, I'm not going to disparage Riverbend because I don't like festivals. It's I don't like festivals. All the people for fine. so many years said, "Well, you just they're, you, they're you used always get to the what they're used been. to." That's all. You always yeah. get the has been bands. I point out all the bands they've never heard of that are great that ended yeah. up going on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Well, you, 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 but I'm telling you, you can hand the checkbook to them and say, "Go ahead and book whatever bands you want." get them they still wouldn't go and they would still bitch and whine oh right. it's too hot it's right. too hot i don't like to sweat i don't like the crowds oh right. my god Stop. uh just a few other things thank you to the person who in real time just now ordered an extra large chattanooga drive-in show t-shirt Woo. thank you very much i will get back to you later we can afford to eat um, lunch steven tyler is back in rehab that's too bad uh, no, hope good. he gets better. That's good. That's good. I mean, it's too bad that after 14 yeah. years he relapsed. That's, right. relapse That's just part of, recovery. part of the recovery, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the woman who wrote "How to Murder Your Husband" <laughs> has been convicted. Of has murdering been her convicted husband. of murdering her husband. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah. Yep. She uh, she shot him. Fell right into that one, didn't she? Yeah. Surprise! Surprise! She shot him, uh, and then apparently threw the the barrel of the handgun away, which is pretty clever, uh, because then they can't ballistically match it to the gun that she owns. Hmm. Smart. One last thing I'm going to read. This is important to me. I'm not going to tell you who wrote it. Maybe I wrote it. Maybe I didn't write it. You'll have to guess. How about we treat every young man who wants to buy a gun like every woman who wants to get an abortion? Mandatory 48-hour waiting period. Parental permission. A note from his doctor providing he understands what he's about to do. A video he has to watch about the effects of gun violence and an ultrasound wand up the butt just because (laughs) let's close down all but one gun shop in every state and make them travel hundreds of miles take time off of work and stay overnight in a strange town to get a gun make him walk through a a gauntlet of people holding photos of loved ones who have been shot to death people who call him a murderer and beg him not to buy a gun it makes more sense to do this with with young men and guns than with women and health care right i mean no woman Getting an abortion has killed a room full of people in seconds, right? I like it. 
whoever wrote it. Yeah, but then you'll just have back alley gun sales. You already exactly. Do. Already do. I've, I've, <laughs> bought, I've bought more I than was a couple. Say, I've done a lot of like gun sales. All right. Muscle Flex, Russell the Love Muscle gets his little segment too. Um, all right. Well, I, I didn't really have a whole lot prepared for this one, I'll be honest with you, but I wanted to bring up a story that happened last year that still has not been resolved. And I'm. it's one of those ones where I'm like, how did this happen? And also, why haven't we heard more about this? Because this happens more often than you would think. Now, I'm not doing this story because it has to do with firearms, by the way. this it's, That's a whole other issue. But I am doing this story because it has to do with freaking missing property from the government that has not been found. All right, so uh, Albany, Georgia. Uh, lovely town, I hear. Mm. <laughs> military <laughs> weapons, uh, military weapons, including assault rifles, and this is the one time when the media says assault rifles that they're actually correct because they are military uh, assault rifles, fully automatic, and pistols have been lost or stolen from bases in Georgia. Let me say that again. Military weapons, including assault rifles and pistols, have been lost or stolen from bases in Georgia. An Associated Press investigation into firearms missing from the U.S. Armed Forces shows that at least 37 guns disappeared or were recovered in Georgia between 2010 and 2019. Locations included the Marine Corps Logistics Base in Albany and in Fort Benning, which is now, what, Fort Liberty? Fort, Fort Liberty. Yeah. Uh, where in 2016, a soldier lost an M4 assault rifle during training. According to an investigative summary obtained by the Associated Press, Army criminal investigators reviewed surveillance images and interviewed witnesses, but they couldn't find the missing gun somehow. A Marine Corps uh, logistics base in Albany, five warehouse workers took lie detector tests after two inoperable Beretta M9 pistols disappeared, according to a 2014 Naval Criminal Investigative Service file. The weapons are among at least, get this, at least 1,900 U.S. military firearms at the AP has learned were unaccounted for over the last decade. So th we talk a lot about like how many guns are in America. Well, the official number is about 40 million currently known existing firearms in the United States. The number is actually closer to 70 to 80 million because you have to account for uh, manufactured arms. You have to account for ones that just slipped under the radar, etc. But you don't really think about like military guns now here's a funny story and it actually is a funny story in 19 i believe 68 there was a brief amnesty period where all uh all machine guns had to be registered with the federal government in the year 19 i believe 68 it was called the uh, gun control act of 1968 the gca uh, and it only covered machine guns at that time which were still legal up until 86 or 84 um and one gentleman <laughs> Uh, stole his M16 from a military base. He was discharged and just said, I'll just take it with me, and took his gun with him off the military base. It was 1968. They were shipping heroin from Vietnam back to the U.S. back then, and nobody cared. So then the uh, amnesty comes out where they're like, okay, you have to register all the machine guns that are in existence in the United States in private hands right now. And uh, by the way, uh, we won't prosecute you if it's a stolen gun because we just want you to register it so we know where it is. And this guy goes, Okay. So he registered his stolen M16. The National Firearms Act, not National Firearms Act, but what would later become the ATF said, okay. And so they let him register his stolen M16. That stolen M16 is st is still, still in circulation. Still today. in circulation, still on the market. If you're very, very, very rich, like 
eighty thousand dollars rich, you can buy, you can buy that machine gun which was stolen in nineteen sixty eight. So if anyone wants to give me about a hundred thousand dollars, I would very much like to have a stolen machine gun from nineteen sixty eight. That's legal. That's legal. Yes. Mountains looking at each other. Brought to you by the Intention Living Project. The IntentionLivingProject.com. Just. Learn how to be more intentional with all your decisions. Learn from your successes, your failures, your money, relationship, time, and thoughts will all be better off if you're a little bit more intentional. All right, uh, I will be very quick on the mountains looking at each other segment, the storytelling segment. I was going to be uh, have a long, somber, everybody be quiet while I read these things and let it sink in, but I can't do that. I am going to instead just scroll through somebody, one of our listeners actually, listed all of the schools where mass shootings have occurred since Columbine. I'll do it like this. I'll just start, and then I'm going to tell you how many times I have to sweep upward to get to the end of the list, all right? Columbine High School, Heritage High School, Deming Middle School, Fort Gibson Middle School, Buell Elementary School. You'll remember some of these. Lake Worth Middle School, University of Arkansas. Scroll up. All right, Pacific Lutheran University, Lou Wallace High School, Martin Luther King Jr. High School, Appalachian School of Law, Washington High School, scroll up, University of Arizona, Ricori High School, Ballou High School, Randallstown High School, Redlang Senior High, Harlan Community Academy, move on up again, that's three, Compton Centennial High School, Virginia Tech, Miami Carroll City Senior High School, Hamilton High, Louisiana Tech, scroll up, Knoxville Central, Dillard High, Dunbar High, Hampton University, Harvard, La Crosse Cutoff Medical School, scroll up, Skyline College, DeKalb School, Deer Creek, Ohio State University, Mumford High School, University of Texas, Marinette High School, scroll on up, keep up, keep up with the scrolls, University of South Alabama, Banner Academy South, University of Southern California, Oikos University, scroll on up, Sandy Hook, Taft Union, Osborne, Stevens Institute of Business and Arts, Hazard Community Technical, Scroll up, Price Middle School, University of Central Florida, New River Community, Grambling State University, MIT, Oasis Ware, scroll up. I'm scrolling past names like crazy. Purdue, South Carolina, Los Angeles Valley, University of Southern California, again, Georgia Regents University, Academy of Knowledge Preschool, scroll up, scroll up, Indiana State University, Fern Creek Traditional High, Langston Hughes High School, Marysville Pilchuck High School, Florida State, Rogers State University, Pershing Elementary, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Look at this, look at this, how many times? Finally, Texas A&M, Sonora High School, Western Illinois University, Oxford High School, and Robb Elementary School. I remember the Texas A&M one. Good Lord. And I'll end it uh, just like this. Uh, and we'll, we'll blow off regional roundup and shotgun shout-outs. Thank to. you to Tennessee American Water Company. And I'll end with the Washington Post columnist. The guy's name is Brian Broom. This will serve as our um and top of the pops. We are living in a twisted version of the lottery, the classic short story by Shirley Jackson, and the story of the residents of a small fictional town hurry about their day preparing for a big ceremony, which is slowly revealed to be a ritual human sacrifice, death by stoning. Each year someone is chosen at random to die for the good of the town so that the rest of the townspeople can feel safe, perhaps so that their God can be appeased or good crops can be enjoyed. That's where we live now. We live in a culture where human beings are randomly chosen to die so that those who feel unseen or who fear the unknown or just love guns don't have to feel afraid, but our sacrifices aren't yearly, they're daily. And that is the end of today's Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Thank you very much. 
for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for spreading the good word about what we do here. Thanks to everybody out there that sponsors, all of our sponsors. Please, please, please keep it up. We'll talk to you again. Don't forget the Rockyologies on Monday and Tuesday. Mine on Monday. Jen and Russell's on Tuesday. We'll be back in here Wednesday, Thursday, whenever yep. it's going to be. Yep. Something like yep. that. Something Try like to that. have a good Memorial Weekend.